0: This morning we will begin in Acts chapter 2. I invite you to turn there. Uh, Today, if if it's been off your radar, today is the day of Pentecost. And uh, being a Pentecostal church, we should certainly celebrate that. And uh, we're going to talk this morning uh, about the Holy Spirit. Now, we've talked about this a little bit in, in past weeks in our Sunday school class because we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit and everything. But we kind of we considered that Sunday school class all you've wanted to know about the Holy Spirit, but we're afraid to ask. Okay? And so this morning we're going to try and tackle all of that in just one nice little nutshell uh, as, as we see the day of Pentecost to the, uh, to the brand new assembly of, of believers in Christ. And some will consider this, the day of Pentecost, the day that the church was birthed. And uh, we begin in Acts chapter 2 starting at verse 1. And it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we want to thank you for your word again this morning. And and, and Lord, that you'll just help us today to to kind of grasp a a full and wonderful understanding of the, the Holy Spirit who he is and how he operates in our lives. And we thank you for this opportunity and we just pray that you'll bring clarity to our lives and to our persons. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So what we're going to see here this morning in, in, in the book of Acts, and, and then we'll, I'll, re, I'll refer to other places in scripture, but there are a lot of places as we're trying to look at the, the completeness of the Holy Spirit. But, but we're looking here at what took place that day in the upper room, and, and then kind of the results of it who thought what and said what. And, and so we're going to look at all of those, those things and then kind of apply it to our understanding of the Holy Spirit. And uh, <clears throat> scripture here in Acts 2 will go on, and it will, it will further explain the situation. <clears throat> in verse 5, uh, it, it says there, there were people outside of that upper room. There were devout men out of every nation, Under heaven. In verse 6, it tells us every man out there heard the people in the upper room speaking in his own language. In verse 11, they're saying, Well, we hear them speaking in our native tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed in verse 12 and were in doubt, saying one to another, What does this all mean? So here we have uh, Jesus, when he told his disciples after his death and resurrection, he says, I'm not going to be with you guys much longer. I'm going to be going back to to my father in in glory. Uh, But when I do that, uh, the father and I are going to send a replacement. We're going to send the Holy Spirit. Uh, We're going to send whom they called the Comforter. So Jesus said this was going to happen. And we'll see in a little bit that he, he, he kind of told them, you know, instructions, gave them instructions on how to deal with that, wait for it, and everything. So uh, what we see here on the day of Pentecost is, is the miracle as it happens. So if we can, like, imagine ourselves having been followers of Christ and just, you know, like, walking the, 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 the roads and the paths of the Holy Land with Jesus. And then Jesus is arrested and, and he's thrown in, in jail and then he's, he's got a trial and he's convicted and he's crucified and, and, and we're all witnesses to this and we're all experiencing this. And then we hear, we discover that he, he, he rose from the dead. And, and, and he's appeared to us afterwards. And he says, whoa, it's me, you know. And, 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 and uh, then Jesus tells us, but I'm going to have to be going back to the Father. When I do that, <coughs> I don't want you folks to be alone. And so I'm going to send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. So here we see Jesus uh, uh, kind, kind of being true to, to his word and, and to his promise. And it happens in the way of, of wind and fire. It says there's the sound of a, a rushing mighty wind and then tongues of fire, individual tongues of fire resting upon everyone's heads. And, and so the first thing that we look at is, is this, this miraculous that, uh, you know, if again, if we, we picture this for ourselves, we've been here. And we've been waiting, and it's been, it's been weeks, and, and, and we've been praying, and, and we're waiting for this Holy Spirit to, to, to come. And and one day as, as we're praying, the miraculous starts to happen. Here, we're sitting here today, let's, let's picture a 50, 60 mile an hour wind coming through the room, yeah, you know, and and just the, the, the craziness of that. And uh, yet, it's not blowing any of us over. And it's not, you know, blowing our toupees off or ruffling our our hair or anything like that. But there's still this amazing rushing wind. And then all of a sudden flames above each one of us, you know. And and I, I I would ask myself, you know, what's that? What's that mean? What's that, that about? Uh, that we've got this this testimony of the wind, and we've got this this presence of, of fire. And, and the way that I look at it is is that the wind has always been symbolic of the breath of God, the the, the Holy Spirit. So so any any follower of Christ who was up on his Old Testament, you know. Uh, would 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 know that that God is a God who breathes uh, his his spirit. So we're seeing that, and and then the fire for me, I, I kind of describe it by 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 saying this is it's kind of reminiscent of of Moses in the burning bush, because here is this bush on fire that is not becoming consumed. It's not getting burnt up. It's not turning to coal and ash and everything else. Now, we've all got flames on our heads, and it's not singeing our hair. And, you know, I'm not leaping over and trying to put the fire out on, on somebody. It's not stop, drop, and roll or anything like that, you know. But, but it's this fire, and we've got to figure it's coming from God. And, and, and the way that I look at it is kind of a combination of the burning bush experience, because it's the presence of God. And, and then it's also a combination of, of where God led Israel out of Egypt uh, by night, by a pillar of fire. And so here's God saying, I'm sending my Holy Spirit and he is going to take you daily and be your guide and, 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 and your leader and everything. And that's what I see happening in here. And and so now we've got these guys outside and they're saying, what is going on up there? And and we're hearing these guys speak in our native tongues. And And there were, you know, at that time, Tens and tens and tens if not hundreds of, of different people represented in, 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 in Jerusalem and everything. And, and so they are all hearing their, their, their native languages and what's being said is glorifying God you know and and these are probably guys out on the street that aren't interested in hearing that you know we we don't care if this god of of the hebrews is glorified or something but it is kind of amazing that they're doing it in in our language i remember when i was a kid if you ever went and visited the nursing home you were kind of out of luck unless you spoke finn you know and 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 the the old finnish ladies and and guys that were in the nursing home they they got no more ever excited than somebody who could come in and speak Finn to them and everything you know and so here are people and they're glorifying God in the languages of these guys and gals out on the streets and they're saying what is this all about (coughs) so Peter stands up and, and you no, know, this is the Peter that rejected God, that, that denied God, and then Jesus got back with Peter and says, we're going to fix these things, and, and, and Peter was going to become a leader in the church and everything, so now here's the world wondering what's going on, probably not even recognizing that it's miraculous, and, and, and Peter stands up and he says, I can explain this. And in Acts 2, Peter goes on in, in, in verse 16 to say, this is what the prophet Joel was talking about. So now all of a sudden, all of these, these Jews are understanding what's going on because Joel, the prophet Joel is clicking in their head. And and what Joel said was, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all, all flesh. Now he goes on with a bunch of wonderful stuff that's going to happen there. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. Uh, I'm going to pour my servant out on, uh, or my, my spirit out on all my servants and handmaidens. So there's all this wonderful promise there. But what I want to un, uh, uh, emphasize is verse 17 and verse 21. So it's, it's, it's Acts 2:17 and 21. It says, it, "It shall come to pass in the last days." And, and what that tells me is the last days began the day the Holy Spirit was given to mankind. That began the last days. Many of us talk about the last days and we're expecting them to show up somewhere on the horizon, somewhere in the future. I- I've always believed we have been in the last days since Jesus went back to be with the Father. And most especially, when they sent the Holy Spirit, because the prophet Joel literally said that. In those last days, that's when this is going to happen. And, and, and so we have to understand, we are in the last days. And, and thank God he's waited 2,000 years in the last days. Because if, if, if God had, had decided his last days were about two 300 of them, we would be, so to speak, left out in the, in the cold. But it says in verse 21, it shall come to pass in in regard to all of this in the last days, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And what we see here is the day that the Holy Spirit was given to mankind on that day of Pentecost, there was provision made for salvation. And it was salvation through Jesus Christ. Verse 21 says, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Okay. And, and then uh, it goes on further in Acts chapter 2 verse 32 uh, where, where Peter is giving an explanation of this and, and he's telling the, the folks that, that, that this miracle of the arrival of the Holy Spirit and this opportunity for salvation for mankind is all about Jesus. Not about anything else, anyone else, but it's all about Jesus. And in Acts 2.32, he says, this Jesus God raised up. And we are all witnesses. And they were eyewitnesses because they walked with him, talked with him, uh, ate with him. And, And so he says, we're all witnesses. And verse 33 says, Jesus, now being by the right hand of God and exalted, He received from the Father, or we have received from the Father, the promise of the Holy Ghost, which God sent forth which we are now experiencing. We're now seeing and hearing all of this. So, so Peter gets up and explains it. He says, what we're experiencing here is, is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, where the Holy Spirit is now coming to mankind. And in verse 37, when they heard this, their hearts were troubled. And they said to Peter in response to this, well, what should we do? What are we supposed to do? Being armed with this knowledge, what should we do? And Peter tells them in verse 38, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so... What we're seeing here is, is that further instruction of Peter that for, for the Jews of, of, of this time, everything about eternity, salvation, being with God in heaven forever, all of that is now changing. It's coming to completion. And it all comes through the person of Jesus Christ. And, and, and once man comes to Christ, because we all have that personal individual choice to make once man chooses to come to God through Christ Jesus said the Holy Spirit his power his presence will now come and dwell within you okay so if we're here this morning and our testimony is I am a follower of Christ I am a child of God. I am someone, according to the book of John, who has become born again. I have chosen to become spiritually reborn. If that's our testimony this morning, the following truth is that the Holy Spirit now dwells within us. We have no longer only the spirit of man, but we have the Holy Spirit of God. And so that's what's happening here. And now we begin to ask ourselves, so what does this mean for us then? What does it mean for us? What does it mean to us if we have this Holy Spirit of God within us? Now, one of the cool things is that when when, when Jesus walked with the disciples, when he walked the earth for these three or however many years of ministry, he, he was it was a personal, man to man kind of relationship. Jesus walked with them. He was there twenty four seven. He was available for for teaching and 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 ministering and everything. And and now Jesus has not walked this planet with mankind. For 2,000 years. But he sent a replacement. And this is not a diminished capacity, this replacement. He has sent the Holy Spirit, who no longer simply walks with us, but he, he lives within us. We, we are the house of, of the Spirit of God. And and so, um, in all of this, we, we begin to ask, well, what does it mean for us then, to, to, to have the Holy Spirit as believers in God. What does it mean to, to have this available? And so I'm, I'm going to run through this this little shopping list of what it means and, and, and then we'll close uh, with a word of prayer, okay? Because to have this Holy Spirit, if you're here this morning and you've been like Assembly of God people forever or or you've been believers in the baptism of the Holy Spirit or something, then you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, having the Holy Spirit here, it's, it's all about like the power of God and speaking in tongues. But the idea of speaking in tongues is is only a part of the place of the Holy Spirit. and And certainly not the premier or the first place. And, and and so we again ask, well then, what is the place and the purpose and the working of the Holy Spirit now being in my life and, and, and walking with me and everything? So I'm going to run through a series of scriptures that kind of describe the work, the place of the Holy Spirit. We begin with John 14. We're going to look at John 15. And I'm almost running in order, it will be John fourteen, fifteen, Acts, Romans, Ephesians, and, and so we kind of go yeah, you know, right down the, the list here. But John fourteen, sixteen, Jesus says, I will pray to the Father, he'll give you another comforter, that this comforter may abide with you forever. And he is indeed even the Spirit the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. And that's what I want to emphasize. Unsaved human beings cannot receive the spirit of God. You must become born again to receive the spirit of God. Until that happens, the world only has the spirit of man and when they see things in the world and when they deal with things in the world they can only do so from within the framework of the spirit of man now, the spirit of man is quite capable of a lot of stuff I mean the spirit of man can can take us from the horse and buggy to the locomotive, to the Ford, to the uh, airplane, to the jet, to the rocket ship to the computer to you know the, the the spirit of man can accomplish all of that you know um but 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 supernaturally eternally it gets us nowhere you know being the best whiz on the computer is not going to get you into heaven uh, god isn't looking for an i tech kind of guy you know up, up in heaven you know and so it's got to be something spiritual and it's the holy spirit according to john 14 and 16 uh uh that 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 the Spirit of Truth comes. The world can't receive Him because they can't see Him. They don't know Him, but we know Him because He dwells within us and shall be in us. And so we have to understand, as a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. He's kind of steering the ship, and 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 really He is. He's the instruction and the power of of everything that that, that we are spiritually. Now, John 14, uh, 26 says the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, that the Father is going to send in my name. He's going to teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance, whatsoever Jesus has said to us. So another reason we have the Holy Spirit with us is because the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. And he'll always point to the word of God and say, this is the truth, this is the way, this is the path. Walk in that. Walk in that direction. So as a believer in Christ, you know you can always trust in the Holy Spirit to lead you a proper direction. John 15, 26 says, When this comforter comes, who I'm going to send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, uh, he will testify of me. So the Holy Spirit is not going to say, I'm cool. The Holy Spirit isn't going to say, watch me, look at the stuff I do. I got people speaking in tongues and I got this going on. And and the Holy Spirit is not going to do that. The Holy Spirit is going to say, look to Jesus. Jesus, the lamb that was slain for your sin. So the Holy Spirit is always going to point us back to Jesus. Now, can you imagine if the world doesn't have the Holy Spirit, how can they get pointed back to Jesus? acts one eight says you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost comes, and you will be witnesses to Jesus all, all throughout the earth and 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 to me that 's the biggest place uh the biggest ministry of the Holy Spirit is that we receive power to become witnesses of of jesus and and uh it it, it works kind of in a wonderful way uh as as we'll see in in in, in the next couple of verses but but the word power here is an interesting word because in scripture it's almost always only used when in reference to the Holy Spirit. And so so what I like to think is the Holy Spirit has a power about him that is like no other force on earth or in the universe or in existence. The the Holy Spirit has this, this special power. I have power I have natural powers, you know. I I have the power to climb out of bed every morning and, you know, do something like that. If I was a policeman, I have the power or the authority to, to stop somebody on the street. So, you know, we've, we've got power. We've got military who has the power to enforce the rules and regulations of, of, of military uh, warfare and everything. So we have power. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he's got some kind of power. I don't know how to describe it in a really good way, but, but I just always say he is just a, a miraculous, dazzling kind of power. You know? and And, and as believers, we often, or at times, get to experience his, his glorious power, but we have this, this power residual dwelling within us, that, that the stuff we do, we do because the Holy Spirit enables us to do so. Now, this, the, this power that we have from the Holy Spirit, uh, Romans 8.16 tells us the Spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. So one of the reasons we have the Holy Spirit is to convince us, to help us to understand we now have the Spirit of God. We are children of God. And uh, in Ephesians 1.13, it says, When you've heard the truth, when you've heard the gospel concerning your salvation, when you believe in Christ, you are marked with the seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Who is the down payment? I think the King James word is is the earnest of our inheritance. And what that is, is is if you can picture back in the days of like the Knights of the Round Table and, and, and Robin Hood. And 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 the king was going to 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 pronounce a decree or, or, or have a formal edict. And he had it like written on this parchment scroll, hear ye, hear ye. And it all gets rolled up. And what I think is really cool, then they, they melt wax on it and they and they run a, a ribbon or a string through and it gets stuck in the in in the wax that's sealed it's it's the same way the tomb was sealed when Jesus was placed in the tomb that after they rolled the stone across they, they melted the wax and and ran a rope from side to side and this rope was was across The the stone. And you get in trouble if you remove the rope. Same way if you cut that tab off your electrical service at your house. You get in trouble for that. Do not remove the tags from your your furniture until you get it home. You know, this seal is not going to be broken. And what the word says is when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit puts that seal upon you, which, which is like etched in wax in this case and and cannot be broken it cannot be destroyed and it's called the seal of the holy spirit and it says it's been given kind of like earnest money that god has said to you you have purchased through the blood of christ eternity and your down payment that that i can show You've given me some earnest money for eternity. That, that down payment is the Holy Spirit. And if, if we understand that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us and operate from that direction, that is the affirmation, the confirmation that we have eternity waiting for us. And, and then, of course, the last thing is, is Romans 8.26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For when we do not know how to pray the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with words which are not even within our power to say. And, and that's where we see this idea of tongues coming in. And, and, and one of the many uses of it. Uh, there, there are times when, when we have no words to, to be able to even express something to God. And... Because of the Holy Spirit, we, we have a language in which we can pray that God understands. And, and the way I've always described that is, is if you're, you're a, you are a computer nerd in the bad sense, okay? So you call tech support, and they say, how can I help you? And all you can say is, well, you know, my doohickey is is kind of weird in this thingamajig you know that's the best you can explain yourself so now you're going to god and you're praying and what god is hearing is doohickey and thingamajig you know and you have the the presence of the holy spirit in, in in prayer to to pray to god here's what she means Here's here's what she's saying. And God's like, as if God had to. God to be like, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know. And and so these are the roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're gonna close so you can come to the keyboard. But what we ought, what we want to understand with, with, with the Holy Spirit is that it's it's not supposed to be about you know smoke machines and laser light shows and and voices in the dark or anything. It's not supposed to be super natural, super spooky, super spiritual kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit plays a regular role in our lives each and every day. And it's kind of his role as described by being our comforter, the one who dwells within us, walks along with us leads and guides and directs and speaks to us confirms in in, in our lives uh, the direction of God this is the Holy Spirit in our lives and and uh, you, you know the role that that he'll always point to Christ and 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 and, and how since he's come he gives us a A supernatural ability to to share others with Christ. Part of the deal with the disciples in that day was that Jesus knew they weren't going to be able to handle the persecution on their own. He says I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. And he, he, he was telling many of them, you are going to die for your faith in me. And he knew they would not be able to handle that even in their humanness and that it would take a special presence of the Holy Spirit in, in their lives, you know? And, and so in our daily lives, when we're facing situations that we're thinking, you know, Lord, this is pretty tough or it's, it's pretty uncomfortable or I, I don't like walking through this, that's when we depend upon the Holy Spirit to take us through these things. And so this morning I I invite you to, you know, take a look at your life. Take take a look at your your